You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, this is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and today on Comic Book Characters, we're going to be doing the Powies, the second annual Powies. That's our award show for everything comic book related this year in the year 2016, and I've got two special co-hosts this week. We've got, of course, Chris, the creator, Gossidus. What's up, man? And... The goofball of gore, Jay Alexis. Please say hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so the funny thing is, you know, we were doing some show prep uh, before we started recording, and you both, you both said the same thing. You said, "Just please excuse me if I start sneezing or sniffling. I'm a little <laughs> under the weather." Uh, you know, my concern here is that 2016, the grim death reaper of 2016, is coming for you guys. Are you going to make it to 2017? Please tell me yes. Ooh, I think I got about eight more hours in me, so hopefully. <laughs> that'll that'll get you to 2017 at least. Uh, Jay, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, but knowing my luck, I'll probably just like take a bite of a sandwich and probably die or something. So that'll probably be my like my death. <laughs> that's so. the dream death, right? The bite a sandwich and die, like that's Yeah, just like like just out of nowhere, just like <laughs> like oh fuck, and I just like die. <laughs> Super heroic like, death. Um, so anticlimactic. <laughs> It'll be like I had the realization that like oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and then Rick Mortis, and then. My death would be like just like Hawkeye's parents' death. Wasn't didn't his parents die like super like not, not super boring, but it was like really not like it was like anticlimactic. Like they died in a hurricane or something like that. Was this in the comic or in the in the movie? In the comics. Uh, I honestly I don't remember Hawkeye, Hawkeye's parents. I don't know. I I venture to say that there was one character that had a really sort of boring kind of background like that it, it, i mean yeah. it would be hawkeye in my mind every time i come on the show i'm always like doing something or saying something that's infuriating the audience <laughs> well that's it's it's <laughs> fine well well they'll clear it up we'll get it on twitter you guys let us know out there in the cbc is hawkeye's parents did they die in a volcano is that what it was volcano? <laughs> volcano. Hurricane. Hurricane. i don't know if it was I don't know if it was the ultimate Hawkeye or just like the Marvel, like the, the regular Marvel Hawkeye, yeah. but that's what I remember growing up. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Pretty right. much the only thing I can remember about the ultimate Hawkeye is when like his family gets killed. Like yeah. they kill his, his wife and his kids real early on. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty graphic, man. They were, they were going for the jugular back in that, in yeah. the, uh, in, in the uh, ultimate Marvel universe there. I will say this: like, if he gets a spinoff, he should really get one with Black Widow because I think those two are having really it's, good. Chemistry. You know, as much as I don't like, I think Renner is a bit of a goof, and and I'm not sure that the Hawkeye and the MCU is all that engaging. If they made mm. a Netflix series, just like a one season, doesn't have to be multiple seasons, just a one yeah. season that's kind of based off of the uh, the Matt Fraction 
Hawkeye comic where he's like a landlord, basically. Yeah. I would love to see that. Like, and I actually think Renner, that's in Renner's wheelhouse. Like, he could do it. Uh, maybe that's something we can hope for in 2017 or 2018 as we may, as we make our year-end wishes. In fact, that's something, guys, that if you want to think about, when we get to the end of the show today, I'm going to ask, uh, what is your wish for 2017 when it mm. comes to comic book mm. re- character-related properties? Uh but yeah, okay, so this year, of course, we're doing, this episode, we're doing the Powies episode. Before we get into that, though, I did want to take a moment. Um, in the comic book community, in the nerd community, uh, definitely in the Star Wars universe community, uh, lost lost a big one um, recently, of course, talking about Carrie Fisher. Um, mm. You know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of guys our age, a lot of, probably a lot of people our age, remember her a lot uh, from, like, the Slave Leia the bikini with the job of the hut, um, no. you know, scene. And I'm sure that poster was on a lot of people's walls growing up. It's a little bit before our time, but, but not by much. And we have, I mean, I think I'm not wrong in saying that you could definitely remember the, the image. Uh, but my question to you, uh, and I'll ask you first, Jay is when you think, when I say Carrie Fisher, what is the number one thing that you think of? Like, and if it's princess Leia, but like where, what particular scene or movie, what speaks to you the most in terms of her legacy? I'm going to say Star Wars, but believe it or not, it was actually uh, a behind-the-scenes Carrie Fisher moment. Um, I remember reading that on the set of Return of the Jedi, there was actually children who were playing the Ewoks. She would actually bring them chocolate milk and talk to them like during the shoots, like when they were like, okay, they stopped shooting. They're like, okay, you can take your, your mask off or whatever, relax. And she would bring them chocolate milk and cookies and just like sit with them and talk to them. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. That's yeah. And a lot of those kinds of stories are coming out, have been coming out. It's also so unfortunate. Her mother passed away like, like the next day. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that, you know, as as we live these lives that we live, you know, as we make these forge these relationships, whether they're friendships or parents to children, those are some strong bonds. And when those bonds get broken, uh, it really takes its toll on you as a person. And uh, you know, it, it, so on a, like on a mental level, it's very exhausting. Like it it, it drains you mm-hmm. mentally, like physically and mentally. Like it it really is like. I mean, someone who's seen quite a bit more than I should have, It's it, it takes a lot out of you. And, I mean, especially, I mean, at that age, you know, it's just like, you know, boom, like right in the heart. I don't know if you guys read this, but apparently her, uh, I think it was Carrie's brother mm. or, or possibly Debbie Reynolds' brother. No, I'm going to say it was Carrie's brother. Uh, one of the last word, the last thing, according to him, that Debbie Reynolds said before she had a stroke, uh, which was ultimately what she died from, was she yeah. said, "I want to be with Carrie. I miss her so much." Yeah, and uh, that, golly, yeah, that really—I was like, "Damn!" Like it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, but um, uh, so, and not to—I'm sorry, uh, but I did hear that she did film all her scenes for Episode Eight. So, yeah, the flight was coming back from London, and that's my first thought. I was like, "Oh my God, she just finished filming," and <laughs> basically gave her life to Star Wars. 
Yeah. I mean, that's going to be hard to watch because I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because from what I heard, this is I'll, I'll make this real quick. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, that episode eight is supposed to have like a really dark tone to it, and if that's true, then it's going to be a lot darker. Just because with every Carrie Fisher scene, it's going to be you know hard for some people, like the fans and you know friends or whatever, just to see like, oh fuck, you know. So I uh, I saw this thing. Uh... I follow a lot of different comedians and stuff on Twitter and on Facebook. And one of them posted something like, man, this star Wars viral marketing is going real dark. <laughs> like after Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, Oh geez, man. I mean, but that's what, that's what comedians are for, right? You just, you push that envelope yeah. as far as you can. Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta laugh. I mean, not laugh at everything, but I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. Right. Right. Uh, she, Chris, well, she would, she would appreciate it of course, because she was, she had a fantastic sense of humor and any like uh, a talk show appearance you've seen for her in the past couple of years, you, you know, really, really shine out. She didn't give a shit anymore. Uh, there was no filter on her. So yeah, she would appreciate any sort of sense of humor or any twist that the humor can provide. Yeah, Chris, did, were there when I say Carrie Fisher to you, like what do you what do you think of, or what is what is a moment or an, a story that you've heard or a film you've seen that really, for you, is like that's Carrie Fisher? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a couple of things uh, in Return of the Jedi. I think like nobody expected her to be the bounty hunter trying to rescue Han. Yeah. Uh that that was amazing to see. Uh that just showed how strong the connection was. Um Yeah, that she would put herself a princess, the, you know, or I guess general now or transitioning to that military kind of phase. She put herself in the front lines to go and do this one thing. She didn't really well, she was orchestrating with Lando and, and Luke, but she was principal in it. She had the she was going to she was going to get him out. So I thought that was really great to see. Um, also, in the, the the PlayStation fighting game, Masters, Star Wars, Masters of Terrace Kasai, which, like, four people bought, uh, <laughs> she's a character in there, and you can play her. She, she wields a double-bladed lightsaber, and she was the first person to do that before Darth Maul. Um, and, so, and it was yellow-bladed. It was amazing. It, it's just a little, bit of, little tidbit there that I don't think many people know about. Um, I'm sure there's footage you can go check out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, she she had her own fighting style and stuff. That's so. Cool. Like, did she have like the white outfit, or did she have like a completely different outfit? You could choose for uh, her bounty hunter outfit. That's kind of oh. what she kind of showed that's, up in. That, that's the one I remember. Like when you when you mentioned yeah. the game, that's the first thing I thought of was the, the yeah, bounty yeah. hunter outfit. You could take the helmet on or off, I think. But um, awesome. yeah, um, I I read a uh, read a story off of Reddit, uh, so it's not my own, but uh, it's just one of her kind of. Um, kind of you know personality moments for carrie uh she was at a con and like somebody uh was kind of showing her around and helping her out and uh one of his one of the friends you know was just gonna see her for a second and then tell her to go on stage and stuff but um like he he saw her he got a chance to say oh i'm a big fan i've been a fan all your life been a fan of yours all all my life and so she kind of just looked him up and down for a second kind of cocked her head a little bit to the side took out a compact and started you know applying makeup to the side of his face and then after she was done she kind of praised him again Booped his nose and went on his way. And what it turned out, what she did was that she she kind of uh, put a bunch of glitter foundation on the side of his face. <laughs> and uh, so the next time he saw somebody else, they're like, "Oh, Carrie met you too." <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she'd been doing that to everybody that she met, uh, met for more than five seconds uh, that was working backstage. That so awesome. yeah, not, didn't say a word, just kind of made their day. That's really funny, man. Uh, it really did seem like she got a lot out of her life even though she died at such a young age i mean 60 mm. years old this is so young mm. um 
she really seemed to have to have gotten a lot out of her life. Uh, one of the funny things that I always think about is, um, I, and, and actually now they say it, I feel like I'm going to mess it up. It was it was in Shay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Where yeah. she plays the nun. Um, so I, and that was one of the first times I'd seen her on film since the Star Wars films. And I was just, I was like, wow, this is so neat. But she looked like she had so much fun with it, you know? Um, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's great that she leaves such a, such a large legacy. I know I've seen a lot of, you want to say the internet trolls, right? They, a lot of them were like, why are people making such a big deal about her? She was like a C-list celebrity actor at best. Um, you know, she just basically was this one role. But, you know, to that I say, look at Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve mm. was Superman. And to yeah. everybody, that's Superman. Mm. Regardless of whoever plays Superman from now till the end of time, it's Christopher Reeve is Superman. There will never be another Princess Leia. They they may, they maybe uh, will tr- will recast it at some point. At, you know, anywhere down the line, maybe. Um, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's off limits or anything, but regardless of whoever they get in the future, if they decide to go that route, Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. She is yeah. General Organa. Like she's she's those characters. They will always be hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, well, the thing to, yeah, 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 the thing, the thing to remember, sorry to barge in, but these are our mythologies. These, these transcend not only the actors' lifetimes, but our own. Um, anything they do is like, because we have these, you know, frontal lobes that are over-imaginative and we need to tell ourselves stories. So this is the only way we can really make a lasting impact on the world is to kind of, you know, take, take forward and do, do the same kind of myth-making that the, they, they, that, that, that the ancients did. So anybody who who's, who says otherwise is kind of like a kind of cynical or jaded, but yeah, yeah I would no, definitely agree she, with that. she well, played a big part in everybody's lives. Well, yeah, they're, they're like our modern day like Odysseus and and you know mm-hmm. just any of those stories. Yeah, definitely, that's that's a very salient point. Um, well, you know, and of course, so we here at Combo Characters, you know, just wanted to bit of a fond farewell to carry to carry uh, to carry Fisher. And I, I for one, am very much looking forward to seeing uh, what she does in, in episode eight. I'm sure it's going to be great. And um, if that's her last film, I mean, I think in a way that's that's um, it's a little bit a little magical. You know, it's very fitting um, mm-hmm. that that's where she leaves us. And uh, it's going to be like you said, Jay, it's going to be a tearjerker, I'm sure, if, if not for the story of whatever the film is going to say. But you know, just the fact that it's 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 her last performance there, and uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be you know cynical or anything. I wonder if on some level, who some people at Disney are thinking like, oh man, like this was the thing. If if anything is gonna beat The Force Awakens in terms of like, um, like bank, like in terms of what it grosses, the mm. fact that it would be Carrie Fisher's last film, like. I'm sure it's going to be a good movie anyway, but if you, I, I, I wonder if they're going to, I hope they don't. Do you think they're going to market it, that movie in any way to, to kind of play on that? This is like the last story of princess Leia of general Organa. Like, oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, they'll do that or they'll do, they'll do like uh, toy. I mean, they're going to try to 
just like market as much as possible, even like yeah. just every little thing, just because. But you know, the other thing is, I saw a petition online where they were saying that um, there's a group that wants to is trying to get Disney to take like one to three percent of the of the profits they make off the film uh, episode eight, that is, and use that money as a donation to charities that deal with mental illness because Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher was a very big proponent, a very, a very big, large spokesperson for mental illness, awareness and treatment. So, I mean, I kind of like, that would be nice to see if, if they I mean, doing it, something it, like that. It's not going to hurt them. Cause I mean, they got, we have episode eight, we have Spider-Man guardians, of the galaxy Thor. So it's not like you're going to really lose money next year for anything. Right. You know, I mean, I can't remember any the less Disney flop or Marvel flop recently. You know, so I mean, I think they're gonna be okay that yeah. they can do that. I think, and not only that, you could argue that if they do kind of do that, like if they tag their trailer with, by the way, you know, yeah. proceeds are gonna go to this thing. People yeah. might see it even more than they would, and oh, yeah. it, w- it would make even more money. But I think that's a good segue for us to get into the Powies, uh, because you said you haven't heard of a flop from Disney or Marvel, and recently, recently. <laughs> this is where we're gonna start. This is where we're gonna start. We're, we uh, we love propping up the good things in our comic book world, in our comic book character filled universe, but we are also. Uh, not uh, resident to to point out the not so great, um, mm. and we're gonna start off with worst television show uh, for comic book characters, and this is any comic book related property television show. Now the nominees are actually I'm, I I they're actually all of the TV shows, even the good ones. So you know, th- so technically, if you want to make an argument, um, you know. You can. So if, like, you think, you know, Flash on CW is terrible, you can say that. We'll, we'll hear that argument. Um, now, we actually might be joined a little bit later uh, by James and or Ignacio. We're hoping to get them in. So we'll see if they can chime in at some point. Uh, the other thing is, I guess I should mention this before we get started, is... Uh, ultimately, I think what we're going to do here is we're all going to make we're going to list the nominees. We're going to each get a little bit of time to explain why our particular choice was our choice, and then we'll come together as a group and and then declare the winner of that category. Mm. So the first category is worst TV show. We have Flash, and this also includes Netflix. Uh, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Lucifer, Supergirl, Agents of Shield, Luke Cage. Daredevil season two and walking dead. So I'll go to you first, Chris, who Mm. out of those nominees, do you uh, put forth for worst television show? This is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, because walking dead this year has not been very enjoyable. And it's not just because the premiere killed off Glenn and Abram. Um, it's just been poorly written. It's just been... It feels like this first half of the season's been just B-roll. Then they spent way too much time, and maybe the editor took a vacation because there's a lot of stuff that could have been chopped up and made cleaner. Um, like, three of the episodes were extended past the hour that they were allotted. That, you know, kind of like... Without reason. But 
Then I saw Lucifer on the list, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was a show for two seconds. <laughs> uh, and I have to give it a Lucifer, I think. Uh, it was it was a poor attempt. It didn't really catch my imagination too well. Um, I did give it a shot. I mean, I, I sat through the first episode, and it, it just didn't have anything I could grab onto. The character, I mean, it seemed all like, oh, but he's the devil. Oh, check it out. He's the devil. It's I, I I knew where this was going. I didn't really care for it. So, yeah, isn't there like, isn't there like a love interest between him and I think another character? Or am I just like assuming because it just I I get that vibe. Like <laughs> this is the problem with that show because there was the the detective. I think uh, the female oh, okay. detective. Um, yeah. There was supposed to be like you know immediate love interest, and it's that cookie cutter. It's it's yeah. very uh, plain. It's very predictable. So. Um, yeah, as much as, as much as I didn't like the start of this season for The Walking Dead, I think I have to say Lucifer. Okay, Lucifer. Uh, Jay? Uh, you know what? I mean, I got to agree with Walking Dead. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the worst, but, I mean, it's just, you know, I know what, like, okay, it's not like a typical, you know, action horror movie with zombies. It's more about the aftermath. But it's just, you know, I, I got to say the first episode, you know, holy crap, that was just intense for TV or just for me in general. But after that, I was just like, eh, okay, like, I mean, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna have, it's, they do that, you know, they build up, and then they kind of go down, and then they build up, so, you know, they, they, people stick around to the end, I think more so to the mid-season finale, or the finale, and it's like, holy shit, so, you know, and then they can just afford, like, oh, okay, we'll just have some, you know, simple episodes, and we'll just make it up towards the end, so, but I mean, it's not a bad show, but Lucifer, I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I hear good things, but this sounds really uh, rude, but it's more so for women that love this show, so I guess that's their demographic they're going for. But ideally, I haven't really heard a whole lot of buzz from people that were saying, oh, this is really good, like, you know, not more, more so like, oh, it's got great storytelling, you know, this is this. It's just more like, oh, he's so hot, and it's like, okay. And that's just a real buzz killer for me. I was like, okay, well, if that person is attractive, I get that, but I mean, is there a story to it? Is right? You know, anything worth watching besides good looks, you know? Right. I mean? So, I mean, yeah, I, I gotta go with Lucifer. Lucifer. Okay, so, uh, so Chris and Jay, you're both voting Lucifer. I, I want to say something real quick about Lucifer, which is I think the elevator pitch for that show was, hey guys, have you seen that show Castle? Okay, it's that, except instead of a writer, it's the devil. Yeah, like, and the other the other thing about that show is that I the one episode I did watch had, like, 40% of the dialogue was just, like, thinly veiled, like, hell puns. Oh, and, like, wow. I'm the devil puns. Like, like, um, oh, man, I, I honestly can't think of... You know, uh, oh, like at one point they're like trying to solve something, I think. And he goes, and I'm not even joking. He says something like, well, the devil's in the details. Jesus. And I'm just like, oh, this makes me so angry. Just Um, lower your shades while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I understand what y'all are saying about Walking Dead. Like I've kind of been off the Walking Dead bandwagon for a while. Um, But I think... It is maybe the most disappointing show in terms of the potential mm. that it has, the characters that it could use, the setting that it has, the source material. And 
you know, and, and not only that, but this year in particular, you get Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. As a as somebody on your show that you can utilize and then and then not and then they don't they don't really utilize him to his full abilities and it's really strange. Um but I, yeah, I think I agree with you guys though because I think The Walking Dead to me is maybe the most disappointing show. But Lucifer, I can't remember if Lucifer is getting uh, got greenlit for a second season. I want to say no. I think that's. I think it's on its second season. Oh, it's already on its second season. I mean, so yeah. I, I think it's third season. But I don't. I don't think it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that one would be it. Uh, but the but thing it, about but but one of the things, and I'm sorry, I'll make this quick. No. One of the things I kind of hate about Fox is that they'll have great shows, and they'll have bad shows, and then they just cut them all off. And it's like, well, I guess if you're not Family Guy or The Simpsons, you know, good luck being on Fox. Yeah, they don't. They don't tend to have a lot of patience i guess but you know i think it's a lot of the people that run the the studio or whatever they maybe they don't have a long a long leash you know yeah because i think that's one of the one of the things i'm worried about gotham is that people are saying it's so good and it's interesting and you know i really dig it but at the same time like i'm just waiting for that that other shoe to drop it's like it's gonna get canceled right and then and then you lose and you lose all the threads of all the current storylines like they never get to be completed and that is frustrating beyond all I'll compare. Well, I totally get that. Technically, it's already completed, so I mean. Oh well, yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. They did. They're a little bit. Gotham is a little bit of the Rogue One of the DC mm. kind of uh, universe, I guess. Okay, so the next guy. Okay, so I think Lucifer gets it right. Lucifer, Ooh. congratulations, Lucifer. Or hey. not, because Ooh. worst television show of the year. <laughs> that's what you get. Twenty sixteen. In a year of, of total garbage, you were the worst television show. <laughs> um, all right. To, on the flip side of that coin, best television show. It's the same same nominees. Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Lucifer, which would be really weird if that won at this point. Supergirl, <laughs> Ag- Agents of oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. I changed my mind now. You know what? Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> this one's scorching. It's like the lava pit that Hawkeye's parents died in. Uh, I know, I know, it's a hurricane. I know that wasn't uh, a volcano. Uh, so they have the... This summer for Michael Bay, the Fire King. Oh man, Fire King! Oh, that's gonna be a thing. You Ugh. said it. Now it's gonna be a thing. Uh, so Lucifer, um... Supergirl, Agents of Shield, Luke Cage, Daredevil season two, Walking Dead, best television show of the year, 2016. Jay, can you uh, lead us off here? Wow, that's a good one. Because uh, some of these are kind of like conflict of interest. Because, I mean, Flash, I'm digging, but uh, I wouldn't say it's the best. But, um, oh, shit. Um, uh, wow. Mm. There's a lot of anguish in this thought process. There's a lot. There's some pretty good shows on there. Like, just the, like. The Powies ain't to be slept on. These are no joke. These. Uh... <laughs> I gotta Deliberation say... goes into this. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, well, my opinion, not so much the best show of the year, but I think... In your opinion, was, that's that's what I want. I want your yeah. opinion of what you think is the best show, whether it's I, because of a personal reason or you just, that's it's your call. Dare I say, I think it's Supergirl, and the reason why is because it was on CBS... 
And a lot of people are like, really? It doesn't need to be on CBS because it's like, get you on CW or whatever. That way you can be part of the family. Right. And it was a pretty good, the first season was really good. And just for whatever reason, they're like, oh, we're, you know, it's like, it's not going to get picked up. It's going to be, it's going to fail, blah, blah, blah. And it was really good. Like, it wasn't a hokey or anything. And I think it was like just a really, uh, you know, great show. But like, oh, here, definitely, you know, a new, not such a new character, but it's just like a different. You know, kind it of was, a different uh, a different take, a different feel. Yeah, it's got a different vibe. And, it's a very it is a very different show compared to even like Flash and Arrow. Yeah, and I think uh, some of the characters like oh, okay, you know, like uh, Banshee. I was like, all right, okay, it's fine. Um, I think that was her name, Banshee. Or was, oh, oh, anyway. But then when they it got canceled, I was like, shit, it got canceled. And CW was like, fuck it, we'll pick it up. You know, we'll give it its own series. And I think it's really cool. Now it's part of the crossover week where it's like arrow legends of tomorrow flash all you know that's yeah. really cool so i just think that's probably really great that that show is still live especially right now you know so it's, it's really cool so i want to say supergirl okay i mean i honestly was not expecting that but i appreciate that take uh chris what is what is your uh what is your pick for best television show 2016 hmm uh Let's see here. So you got my Agents of Shield in there. I appreciate that, even though it's kind of a rocky season or <laughs> half of the season. Um, Daredevil, though. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I really don't like how Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield started the season. It, it's been kind of hit and run. It's the best show I think overall because it looks like the the writing is the most consistent. The characters are the most interesting. But not this season, I don't think. Um, especially since doing the whole like we have Ghost Rider, he's gonna he's gonna take up a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Daredevil season two, even though I like one of the worst things that I thought Daredevil did was they spent too much time going over the same dialogue between Punisher and Daredevil. Um, you know, it, it seemed like the writers were kind of fumbling around for their motivations for, for Punisher at, whenever he talks to Daredevil. But I thought the rest of it was really good. Um, I really liked Elektra in, in, the, in the series. And, yeah, I think it was pretty strong. I, 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 it's, it, it did stumble a little bit. I mean, I think everybody's been having troubles with their, their uh, mid-season or their like, kind of like the act two part of the season. But I, I think it finished all right. Were you talking about the episode where Daredevil and Punisher were, were like, like it was like basically like a two man show where they were just like talking about like the yeah, right wrong. that was yeah, good, it was it was, like, a morale, it was a morality play on the roof when Daredevil's all yeah. chained up. Uh, I, I dug that. Like it was like it was them like doing the same one like for when he was with that Russian guy and they were just talking. Like I liked I liked how they were mm-hmm. like I hope that's a continuous theme for season three. You know where they do that again, right? So, but I, I, I dug. But I mean, I hear what you're saying. But I, I dug that. Like that was like one of their themes that they did again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually. That's funny that you bring that scene up. It actually reminded me of one of the early scenes in Breaking Bad when you have Mr. White. Um. Oh. And, and the and the the dude, sandwich. Yeah, the sandwich. Oh the yeah. Plate. Like yeah. it really reminded me of that. And I, I, you know, it was actually, huh. it was in that scene where I was like, man. You know, if I wonder if they're trying to purposefully pull uh, stuff from Breaking Bad, and if so, man, that's pretty smart. Breaking Bad's pretty great. 
uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, after I, I actually, I think I have to agree with you, Chris. I think, I think there were a lot of strong candidates this year. I, Flash is still really great. I think, I think the only thing about Flash is that because it has so much potential in terms of what Flash can do because of the multiverse and all of that, there's just a lot going on with Flash, and it, it feel I feel like you can get overwhelmed as a viewer if you if if you miss anything like if you miss an episode man there's just so much that happens in every episode that it really just going so fast (laughs) and uh but you know arrow is good legends tomorrow uh i didn't really catch a lot of supergirl so i can't speak on that that much agents of shield i feel exactly the same way i think it is consistent for the most part there have been some low moments i'm a little not happy with how this midseason ended and so you know we'll see uh luke cage was great i liked luke cage a lot um daredevil season two though i think that's i agree i think that was and maybe it benefits from a shorter season run like it doesn't have as many episodes so there isn't as much filler you know that they have to do i think but i, I agree i i think the electric character was fantastic uh, I love this. I love the Punisher character just as is. Mm. Um, if you have him interacting with the other characters, that's fine. But he doesn't need to. And I'm glad that they're doing a solo series for him because he he was great. He he oh, yeah. he was as a character. The Punisher was fantastic alone with other characters. You know, with with Daredevil or without Daredevil with the Karen Page stuff. Like it was all yeah. really 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 fascinating and fun to watch so i think uh you know and i know well, it's not like this is a vote necessarily we're just kind of coming to a conclusion but i would say i would argue that daredevil season two wins the best tv show powie 2016 um so claps to daredevil Yay. season two now i do want to interject powie it's got the powie <laughs> Uh, James, James, who is not currently with us, and not that he has passed away yet. Twenty sixteen, man. Twenty sixteen, taking them all out. James did uh, have a few notes. I P though. <laughs> he had a few notes. He wanted me to say, mention to everybody that both for the worst TV show and the best TV show for him was The Walking Dead because quote it's the only show I watched. So <laughs> James's personal powie goes to the Walking Dead uh, television series. So research. <laughs> okay, uh, what we're gonna do now is let's see here. Let's do worst character. Now, oh. worst character um, could could be from a television series it can be from one of the movies it kind of encompasses everything but here we go for worst character powie 2016 we have joker from the suicide squad baron zemo from captain america's civil war wong as played by benedict wong in doctor strange apocalypse from x-men apocalypse uh uh Angel from X-Men Apocalypse, Enchantress from Suicide Squad, Kingpin from Daredevil Season 2, and finally Darth Vader from Rogue One. Specifically, (laughs) specifically, I know, eyebrow raise, right? But specifically Darth Vader, Rogue One, parenthetical, dad joke. 
So the uh... be careful not to choke on your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's aspirations, but yeah, that 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 that's, oh, that yeah, side, that's... it's fine. And he and he's choking Krennic right when that happens. So specifically, just that Darth Vader. Those <laughs> are your joke. nominees. Those are your nominees for worst character. I'm gonna go first this time. Um, this is tough. This is a tough one. There's so many different ways you could go here. Joker, Jared Leto, Joker. The way he's used in Suicide Squad is frustrating, and I don't think it's necessarily the way Jared Leto is acting, or even the way they wrote the character, or even the scenes that he's in. It's the way he's utilized, and I think if if we would have gotten that Harley Quinn Joker movie instead of Suicide Squad, where apparently there's an hour of Joker footage that has been shot and was not used, I think that could have been a totally different thing. And in that context, in that light, this could have been great. But the way he is in this film is, to me, he's distracting at best and just, like, annoying and counterproductive to what little momentum that film ever gets at worst. Um, hmm. So it's hard for me to not pick him. Uh, the dad, Darth Vader dad joke, I actually love, true story, <laughs> like, um, guilty pleasure. I say don't go choking on your aspirations or ambitions or any other word. I don't even it, – it's it's interchangeable. But just don't go choking on something. Dad, I am saying that constantly now because of it. I love it. It's a dad joke. I'm not a dad. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> the person that is going to – by the way, the shit show that is Angel in Apocalypse, in, a, in X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Oscar Isaac, man, he's great. He is, he's a fantastic actor. As far as I know, they utilized all of him in the movie. They didn't have like an hour of extra footage of him. Like this was like, this is the best we can come up with for Apocalypse, one of the greatest X-Men villains of all time. This is the greatest we can come up with for Oscar Isaac, one of the greatest uh, actors of like the last, you know, five, ten years. He's been, he's really good. Um, Oh, yeah. And that's what they came up with. So I'm just like, that's just like three question marks emoji for me. Um, and Angel is terrible. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. Ultimately, my vote goes to Enchantress, though, from Suicide Squad. Um, like, I know that she's supposed to be the main villain. Uh, I know that they do the stupid light in the sky thing in the third act, like every fucking movie has <laughs> done in the last 15 years. Uh, her weird gyration move alone for me earns her this award. I thought she was sexy. <laughs> I just she was. I just if she's supposed to be this all powerful like goddess essentially, but like she can't stop a bomb being thrown by a B-list stripper on Tuesday night lunchtime. <laughs> Sorry, Harley Quinn fans. I mean... All that chit-chat's gonna get you hurt. But it's like, <laughs> she can't... St- she's making this giant beam. She's, like, teleporting. She's doing all this stuff. She can't stop that bomb. It did take forever to, like, to wear that whole scene. I was like, alright, alright, we get it. You're gonna blow it up or we're all gonna die. And not, Just... only, not only that, preceding that, and this actually... This still adds to my dis- disdain for Enchantress. But just right prior to all that happening, you have Will Smith uttering the worst line <laughs> of 2016 in any capacity, television or TV sh- or movie. Lady, you are evil. 
<laughs> Come on, man. Come Whoa. on. Power yeah, worst it's a it's a world it's a world away from welcome to Earth. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's my soapbox. That's my that's my vote. But Jay, educate us. Who is your worst character, Power Twenty Sixteen? I'll try to make this quick because I can go on. Uh, Jared Leto. Um, I didn't like the romantic Joker. Um, you know, there was times when he was a little bit crazy. I was like, okay, that's fine. But he was like his dial- his not so much his dialogue, but his, just his his tone or his voice was like he was channeling Heath Ledger, and I was just like, mm, that's not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a huge role. Joker, being the Joker or Batman is a huge deal. So you have to find your own voice. You have to find your own take on it. But I just, I, you know, he wasn't bad. But he wasn't great. But I wouldn't say he was the worst. Entrenchress wasn't bad. You know, she was pretty decent. But I get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense about the whole, you know, towards the end. Baron Zemo, um, he was, it was interesting. It was a different take. I mean, it made perfect sense the way he he was in the movie. Fair. But, you know, I just, I guess maybe I was expecting a little bit more. But it was more... It was Civil War's moment was more about emotions than everything else. So, I mean, I get that. It wasn't like so much a care. It was cool to see Crossbones. That was really cool. Um, but I got to say, I think, in my opinion, the heavyweight, the ch- the winner of this, in my opinion, is Apocalypse. I thought he was just a, an embarrassment to the series. I mean, the whole movie was just, like, bad. But his character, he just, I didn't feel anything from him. And it wasn't like, oh, shit, he's scary. He didn't even have... He looked too much like uh, Ivan Ooze from the Power Power Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, like I just didn't, I didn't find him at all entertaining, threatening, or even like, holy shit, you know, like he didn't have any like memorable memorable lines or anything. He was just, he he was a great, Oscar Oscar Isaac, amazing actor, just terrible uh, role for him. All right. I, I I don't disagree with that take at all, uh, Chris. For you, mm. worst mm-hmm. character, Powie, twenty sixteen, Enchantress. Enchantress. That's easy. Um, just because I don't know. Uh, it's Kara Delvine. Is that her name? The Tara, actual... Tara Levine. I I don't know something. Kara. Some. I don't know. Uh, isn't it her first major outing as an actress? I think um, she she was in the movie called. Paper Towns, I think, or The Fault in Our Stars. She's in something, something okay. like that. Some like kind of teeny. Yeah, teeny movie. she should stop. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> there are other avenues to express to, to use your assets, your physical. Well, isn't she a model? It's, I think she yeah, started as a model. She's a model, so just stick to that. I mean, Jesus Christ, it was bad. It was, um, and she she was bad on on two characters. She. <laughs> Because she was oh. the Enchantress and she was the scientist who became the Enchantress, right? So yeah. I think Jane the line, or June was her name. The, the, the line, you don't have the balls. Oh. <laughs> that made a horrible movie even worse. So, uh, yeah, for me, uh, this was pretty easy when I saw the list. It's like, uh, first of all, it can't be Wong because he's like one of the best things about Doctor Strange. Okay, because so. He, if, if Wong, Wong would actually win against the Enchantress because he protects the world. For more mystical threats. No! <laughs> That's why you brought him up. I knew there was a reason why he was on this list. I was like, why is he on this list? 
He's perfectly <laughs> fine. That's why. No, I think I think the reason Wong was on the worst character list is that it's just typecasting because the dude that plays him is literally named Wong, and he plays a character I'm... named Wong. Oh, Easy gosh. enough. It's the worst. Does he it's ever do any Wong? Wong. Oh. Wong. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure James would have stole that joke, so. Or no. used it. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love him. He's a great guy. He, he's honestly one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So. He's almost. He's almost <laughs> one of the nicest guys. I love it. Um, So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, you know, I don't even know if we need to necessarily come to a consensus. I think everyone has good takes. Yeah. Uh, if we're going by voting, I mean, I think Enchantress wins. But I think, uh, I think, I think all of those are valid, super valid takes. Uh, but technically, I guess for for uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Posterity sake, uh, sake. Mm. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll go Enchantress is worst character. Powie 2016. Kapow! Powie, Powie goes to Enchantress. <laughs> Powie, all right. The uh, going to a little more positive uh, category, a much more positive category, I would argue. Uh, best character, twenty sixteen, mm. and uh, for this one, it's 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 either a new character that we've never seen before, or a character but a new iteration of that character. Um, so. The nominees are Deadpool from the movie Deadpool, Doctor mm. Strange from Doctor Strange, Batman from Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, oh, actually, Quicksilver's on here, but he's not a new character or mm. a new version of that character. It's so just who Freddy likes. I think I just accidentally put him on there. It's fine. He's there. But he's from the movie X-Men Apocalypse. Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Black Panther from Captain America Civil War. Spider-Man from Captain America Civil War. And K2SO from Star Wars Rogue One. Mm. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you first. Who is your best character, yeah. Powie 2016? This is a hard one for me. Um, because initially I was like, oh, fucking Deadpool all the way. But... I think for me, I'm I'm kind of kind of look at it as like uh, who was who had the hardest job to pull off here, mm. um, and and if I look at it like that, if I'm using that no metric for me, then Deadpool had it actually kind of easy. I mean, his entire thing was like his entire movie was from his point of view, from his fourth wall breaking kind of thing. It was so I, I'm gonna save Deadpool for a little bit later. Um, in that regard, I think Harley Quinn actually had a pretty hard job to do. Um, because I'm, you know, I, I know her a lot from the animated series, and that's, uh, you know, the the archetypal Harley Quinn is gonna be always the one from the Batman the animated series, the '90s version. Um, so she she's really strong content, contender too. I mean, and God knows that she was one of the most uh, popular Halloween outfits this year too. Um, but I think the one that had the the hardest job, the one that had like. From, had to do all the all the heavy lifting from zero to sixty was Doctor Strange, mm, yeah. and I didn't expect that to be my answer, but it is. I think Doctor Strange is going to get it from me just because we really had to sell that uh, that movie on on himself, and he's a completely new character. We haven't seen him in the MCU yet. Um, it was an origin story, and you know, full. And, and, and it, it did use the Marvel House style, you know, to a T. 
And you can make a argument that he's just another Tony Stark or or Quinn, but um, or Quill, whatever. But um, no, no, I, I think yeah, he had to establish himself. He had to separate himself. How he's different. So I, I think I'm gonna give it to Doctor Strange. All right, all right, good, good pick, and and I appreciate the uh, the analysis there. That's nice. That's <laughs> good reasoning. All right, Jay, uh, who is your best character, Powie, 2016? I mean. I would say Deadpool, but then the thing about Deadpool is like, yeah, it was a great movie. He was funny. But what people don't understand is that, yeah, he was playing Rhino Reynolds, but Rhino Reynolds has been auditioning for Deadpool since two guys and a girl in a pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, like, I told him, was like, you want to see Deadpool young? Watch that show or watch yeah. anything of Rhino Reynolds. And it's not a bad thing. He's not being typecast. It's just, it's. Being a smartass is just comes natural to him. I mean, that is like he has it down to a science almost. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mean that was uh, such a big deal because when she first came out, I was like, oh, she looks like a suicide suicide uh, girl, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, okay, but you know, when she pulled it off, I was like, holy shit, you know, because for the longest time, Tara Strong was like the queen of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, she sold it. I mean, she got the accent down, the the mannerisms. I mean, she owns Harley Quinn next to uh, Ronald Reynolds, Deadpool, and, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as um, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But I got to go with Chris. I mean, Doctor Strange, that was, like, the biggest thing because for the longest time, people were like, you know, I think Kevin Smith said, like, oh, you know, I saw some parts of it. Like, it's really, like, you know, the whole mystic, uh, you know, funky 70s kind of, like, that that whole magic realm to it and everything. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Maybe this might be the first flop for them. And people are just embracing it, and they're loving it. And it's so cool because, you know, he, he, this is, yeah, we knew about it in the comics and the cartoons. But to see him fall on the big screen, it was really interesting and it, it was just it was so different from marvel like it had this um you know inception meets you know batman begins feel to it mm-hmm. but with magic and it was just it was so interesting i gotta go with dr strange i mean he killed it i mean i wasn't expecting to have him use his british accent but i mean he he was really great using his american accent so i mean i gotta go with strange no hands down all right, awesome, awesome. Good take as well. Um, okay, so obviously, obviously, my personal favorite is going to be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, what? No, what, what <laughs> So the thing is, we've seen two other iterations of this character, Peter Parker. None of them is good. And I, I personally do like... Uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. I actually probably favor Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a little more between the two of them. But to get it on both sides of that coin, uh, Tom Holland does fantastic. He's the most Peter Parker Peter Parker I've ever seen. And and he's a fantastic <laughs> Spider-Man as well. Uh, that being said, that's not my pick for best character. I, but I was really, really... Um, amazed and enthralled with how they were finally able to take the comic book version of this very, very popular character and just nail it. I was he's there. Got, yeah, go ahead. Sir. He's got an ultimate uh, Spider-Man feel to him. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he does. He does have a little bit of that. Well, and it makes sense because it's more modernized. But yeah. uh, I was also really impressed and was shocked by how much uh, his death in- affected me, which was K2SO. Uh, oh, almost, almost on the opposite of what Chris said about Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange had to carry this whole, fil- whole film, this whole new concept, magic in the Marvel Universe. It's such a big, heavy thing. And I agree with all of that. K2SO had almost the opposite problem. He, he's not in the movie a whole lot. Uh, but every scene he's in and every line of dialogue he has is great. Like he only makes the film better. He it, it's it's never to the detriment of the film whenever he's doing anything in the movie. Uh, really, really loved Alan Tudyk's performance as K2SO. That being said, it's unanimous. We have our first unanimous winner, 2016 Powie's best character goes to Doctor Strange. I, I think you all made some very uh, salient points there with, you know, this was a an entirely different lens to look at look through for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're introducing magic on a very high level. You're introducing a whole wealth of characters that we haven't really seen before. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that Doctor Strange might be the the new Tony Stark in the MCU. And uh, ultimately, if 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 uh, Robert Downey Jr. ends up exiting at some point due to, to due to age or due to time or due to uh, monetary considerations, I think we have somebody that can that can stand at the center of the MCU in Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, Doctor Strange. So, oh, yeah. whoop whoop whoop! Powies. 2016 best character goes to Doctor Strange. Also, consideration to Deadpool because I, I think that was great too. Uh, but we'll, we'll touch on. I think we're gonna end up touching on him a little later, and he'll probably like that because that's how Deadpool rolls. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, next category is gonna be worst movie. 2016 mm. Powie worst movie. Our nominees are all of the movies: Suicide Squad, <laughs> Deadpool, Doctor Strange. X-Men Apocalypse, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, Captain America Civil War, and Star Wars Rogue One Worst Movie, Padway 2016. Uh, Jay, we'll go with you first. Which is your worst movie? Quick question. Are you considering Batman vs. Superman in general, or are you talking about the director's cut, or just... Either or. Either or. Okay. Like, if you you like the director's cut, but you think the theatrical cut is a bane to, to humanity... Then, then you can of still course. pick. <laughs> okay, so truth be told, I think the directors. I think what DC needs to stop doing is that they need to stop doing. Here's the PG-13 movie version of the film, and then here's the uncut version because the uncut versions are always way better. Yeah. It's like, well, this is exactly what you should have been just put in the theaters. Because look at Civil War. I mean, they didn't change anything when they put it on Blu-ray or DVD. It was still the same movie, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be enjoyable. And you know, yeah, it. I mean, it. But it, it's just it. It pisses me off how they do that because when I saw the uncut version of Batman or the director's cut of Batman versus Superman, I was like, this is better. It, it, it has a nice flow to it, and it works. Uh, when I saw the first, when I saw it, you know, the PG thirteen version in theaters, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. This is cool. We're finally getting to see this on the big screen. But uh, for Doctor Strange. It was it was a good movie. It was 
the worst experience for me. And the reason why is because a uh, night before I was hanging out with a friend and we were drinking, we were at the bars. I got two hours of sleep and I was hungover. So the whole time I was there, you know, I was just like hungover and tired. And that whole movie is a trip. So I was just <laughs> like, you got to slow down. I just woke up two hours ago. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I gotta say, the worst movie, X Men Apocalypse, it, it was terrible. Like, I could have fallen asleep and woke up and still be bored. You know what I mean? It, it just, it. The only good part of that movie was the Quicksilver scene when he saves everyone. Yeah, I mean, that from was the house being thing. blown yeah. up for like the seventy fifth time. Like, seriously, <laughs> that is such a tired. It's a gag to me now at this point. It's a tired gag, and it's it's boring. And it just, you know, uh, Brian Singer just needs to move on. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He needs to move on from the X-Men franchise. He had a few good movies. He doesn't need to finish the whole saga, you know. I'm pretty sure he has, but we don't need any more movies from him, from X-Men. If he wants to do other films, that's great, but, you know, just move on. Fair, fair enough. Chris, uh, mm-hmm. what is your worst movie 2016? Ooh, the, the other race to the bottom for 2016. Uh, let's see here. Um, so it, for me, falls between Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. And Batman, the, the scene at last time we did this podcast uh, without the sound on was the first time I saw Batman vs. Superman. And... Uh, I think I got the same amount of understanding that you guys did when you watched it with the sound. So uh, that says something to that movie, for sure. But I think I have to give the Suicide Squad, just because it was regressive. It was so bad. And I, I, I was analyzing it. I was saying that, you know, the relationships, the, the foils between Joker and Harley Quinn, and then the Flag, right? That's the dude's name? Yeah, Captain, yeah. Fine. And the uh, and Enchantress, whoever the actual person's name is, that those are foils, and they're both regressive relationships. And but then I stopped myself when I was thinking and trying to analyze this movie because this movie wasn't thinking that hard, so I shouldn't have to. Um, I have to give it a Suicide Squad. There, there's if you have it, as many writers as it did, if you have as many editing crews as it did, you're not going to get any any worthwhile kind of entertainment out of it. Um, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'll back that up. You can get entertainment out of it, sure. Uh, you're not going to get any kind of um, coherent narrative. You're not going to get anything that's enjoyable to the analytic eye, I guess. So, and that really is what kind of solidifies if something's great, worth rewatching for me. Um, I mean, you know, I, everybody has their guilty pleasures, but this definitely wasn't one of them. I, it, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, but it, at times it had it felt like. They were like Warner Brothers was trying to do their version of Guardians of the Galaxy with the soundtrack or mm. anything like or some of the character wise, but I mean it just that's what I that's what I came that's what I felt from that to like okay you know soundtrack and everything else like, okay this you guys are trying to like win the audience mm. easily into the movie like within a few minutes. I so excellent points, Chris. By the way, and and. You as well, Jay. Uh, and I agree. I totally agree with that Guardians uh, take. Um, God, for me, this one is so hard. Um, X-Men Apocalypse was not 
really good. And it comes off the heels of Days of Future Past, which was really, really good. It was, I felt like critically, it was a good movie. Like the way it was constructed, the story was good. Special mm. effects were great. The story was engrossing. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It, it might actually be my favorite X-Men movie. Um, so coming off the heels of that, it was a significant disappointment. Um, Suicide Squad is definitely not an enjoyable film for me. Um, I've had the opportunity to watch the extended cut or whatever, and I haven't just because I don't know if I can watch that movie again. Um, I th- I don't know. I think for me, I think the worst movie for me, though, actually might be Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And that's that's because of what this movie is. You have the two most popular comic book properties in the world mm. fighting against each other, not just in the same movie. It's advertised in the title of the film <laughs> that they are going to be fighting against each other. The two most popular car- comic book characters fighting against each other on the big screen with $300 million behind it. Sign me up. But then this is the movie that we get. We you get, read. We get Did you see the... I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you see the the extent, like, the director's cut? Yeah, I have seen it. And I have seen okay. it. But I'm, okay. I'm talking about the theatrical release. Okay. We get we get Lex Luthor as a oddly awkward, petulant child more appro- appropriate <laughs> to be in a... Harry Potter film than in Batman vs Superman feeding a man a grown adult man <laughs> a Jolly Rancher. That's weird. Um, we get we get Martha. We get your na- your mom's name is Martha too. Are we best friends now? You betcha. <laughs> we get we get so many egregious things in this film. Uh, we get the. T- this thing is a calamity of error because not even the, and this isn't even the film. This is the marketing of the film. We get doomsday who should have been a surprise, uh, villain for the third act of the film spoiled to us from a trailer that was released months prior to the film being released. And that, that wasn't like a leaked trailer or anything. That was like, we, the, the, the marketing team decided this was the trailer. We're going to roll out. We're going to just spoil doomsday for everybody I just my favorite part of that movie is probably Wonder Woman and she's barely in it um, my my vote goes to Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice theatrical cut I had to see that movie twice in the theater and I very legitimately was very angry that I had to see it a second time I didn't, I didn't want to it was I wanted to stare at my bucket of popcorn more than the movie <laughs> Uh, that is definitely in my vote. So we actually are all split here on this one. We've got Apocalypse, uh, we've got Suicide Squad, and and Batman vs Superman. But I would say that the the winner for worst movie, are you know, is really like all of us. We all lose for having seen these films. I think the general mm. public is the winner for worst <laughs> movie. Powie twenty sixteen because we Kabow! all kapow, powies. We all watch these films. We will never oh. get those hours of our lives yeah. back. Okay, I get it. They're gone. I'm like, I'm not the worst movie, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> They're gone forever. Um, 
So, okay, we've got a few more categories to go. Actually, I just realized that I didn't type this one out, but we did. We should discuss it. It is best villain, twenty sixteen, and I didn't write this out, but we can we can do this pretty easily. Uh, we've got Baron Zemo from Captain America: Civil War. We have Enchantress from Suicide Squad. We have. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Cassilius from Doctor Strange. We have Ajax from Deadpool. Uh, we have Apocalypse from X Men Apocalypse. And Batman versus Superman. I, I, I guess Lex Luthor. I don't know. Well. What do you What do y'all think? Uh, so that's that's it. Best movie villain, twenty sixteen. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first this time if y'all don't mind. I want to say, you know, actually, this this kind of brings up a good point. And, it's, and, you know, people keep saying that this has to do with Marvel films, that this is a Marvel problem where they don't have these really compelling villain characters kind of as, mm. as compelling as the heroes are. I mean, you could almost argue that the best villains were, were Iron Man and Captain America against each other uh, sure. in some way. But... But I'm looking at this list of characters or, or like thinking of it in my mind and none of them stand out necessarily above the others. I mean, some are better than others. I think Cassilius and Baron Zemo were pretty good as compared to like Enchantress. But but they're not they're not iconic in any way, I would argue. That being said. Oh, I've, I'm so sorry. I forgot best villain 2016 i'm so sorry i forgot to mention this darth vader star wars rogue one uh darth Darth vader has my vote (laughs) i'm not even gonna say why (laughs) we all know why that's my vote uh for best villain for best villain yeah best villain oh yeah darth vader uh Uh, uh, it's yeah uh, official another unanimous unanimous that one was short and quick and easy uh I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you guys talked about it, but they, but for those who haven't seen it, the ending of Rogue One, holy shit, that was just I, beautiful. I, I want to see it a hundred more times. I'm not joking. I want to just keep seeing the last 15 minutes of that movie over and over and over and over. It's so, so good. Literally it was like, worth the price of admission. It, it was like his way of saying, you know, I could do Halloween. Just letting you guys know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's they. I I think I don't think they should make a Darth Vader movie. I think he works better as you know, kind of inserting him here and there, makes him kind of more mysterious and dangerous in that way. At the same time, if they ever did, they should make that a rated R Darth Vader uh, film. Oh yeah, if they ever actually did decide to do that. All right, moving on to the next category, best adaptation slash translation mm. of 2016, Poway, Poway 2016. And what that means is these uh, these are movies. Uh, it's it's the best translation of what the comic source material is, the essence of that material into the film. So not necessarily best film, but the thing that is most like its comic book counterpart. Your nominees, Suicide Squad, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, X-Men Apocalypse, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Captain America Civil War. Jay, would you please lead us off in this category? Best translation adaptation. 
I'm going to go with Civil War. I mean, for the longest time, they were like, oh, there's going to be a third Captain America movie, blah, blah, blah. And when they said Civil War, even before we saw pictures or knew anything, they're like, holy shit, this is like bold for Disney and Marvel to do because it was such a huge comic book. I mean, it was like one of the biggest comic books out there. And like people, like I didn't get, a ch- I, I didn't read until afterwards, but when they announced that, oh, he dies, people were going apeshit, you know, cuckoo bananas crazy over. I was like, what? And it, it was just, I mean, it was a great comic book. I mean, Mark Millar nailed it with this storyline. We're like, well, you know, they have a point, they have a point. And I think one of the cool things was that I heard was that supposedly they were going to actually use the beginning storyline from Civil War in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where that's where it starts. Oh. I was like, well, that's really... And I was like, that's really fucking cool. But I guess they didn't, so obviously... Yeah. But, I mean, oh, that would have been nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it, it would have been really cool. And I think that one guy from uh, Cabin in the Woods, the Shaggy character, he was supposed to be the one that started it all. I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. And um, but the but the movie, it, it just works so well to it, it's it's its own movie, but you know it's just it, it works perfectly and it's great and the ending is so perfect because it's not like the original ending because when he's reading the note, I was thinking the whole time, oh he's gonna die or he's gonna be killed, but he didn't, and I was like, oh this is really better and it just it just worked. I mean, like we talked about on the last episode, on the last episode I was on. It was one of the very, very few times where the third film is actually the best film. Uh, I mean, overall, the Captain America movies are just so great in their own, you know, like the first one's a war movie, the second one's like a political thriller, and this one is just an all-out action film. I mean, it, it was, dare I say, the best movie of 2016 because they had everything. I mean, all the characters, I mean... Flawless, in my opinion. So I'm going to say Civil War. Okay. Best adaptation. No, that's that's great, great points. Yeah. Uh, real quick to backtrack, because I do, I will be remiss if I forget, and I forgot. I'm so sorry, James. He did give me some notes here. Um, for best villain, he said Zack Snyder. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Zack Snyder, fuck you, Zack Snyder. Um, and then worst character. Uh, Flash from BVS quote because that he said Flash and the quote uh, because that scene made me turn off turn the movie off and I never finished it but to that I say he says that's the worst character I say that's the best character because it stopped you from having to watch the rest of the movie um, but okay very salient points there I keep saying that word today I don't know why uh, uh, Chris, Chris, yeah Chris well, uh, your best translation slash adaptation 2016, Bowie. Uh, for me, it's kind of kind of simple. I think Deadpool. Um, Deadpool's gonna have to take that one just because the reading Deadpool is its own experience. Um, you have to figure out if you you know not familiar with the character at all that he's breaking the fourth wall that he's kind of fucking around. Um, that I thought was gonna be like a momentous task to try to do on a movie. Uh, it never works. It, it, it rarely even works in sitcoms. Uh, Ferris Bueller might was, have been the only one that did it. I was going to say, Ferris Bueller's the only example I can think of that yeah. people like. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think Deadpool, for me, hands down, uh, was the best translation from page to screen. Uh, and that goes to how how in, invested Ryan Reynolds was in this character. Um, 
like like Jake said, he's wanting to play this for ten years. So of course he's gonna knock it out of the park and make sure that the 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 character you know from the comic book already is exactly the same guy you're seeing on the screen. So I think it worked in spades. Right. I'm just grateful that they didn't pull a Mel Brooks where they show the film being made. You know, like oh. you know, like you know, like that, like blazing like, saddles, or yeah, spaceballs. I mean, yeah, it probably would have been funny, but I'm just glad they didn't do that because that would have been too much of a broken fourth wall. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah, uh, I, I excellent points, by the way. Uh, I I think it's also Deadpool. I think that is a difficult character and concept to pull off. Uh, but I think once you've laid the groundwork like they have, I think it's something that that can build on itself really easily. It's kind of mm-hmm. a unique property that way. Like it's hard to conceptualize and pull off, but once you do, you've already set all the rules. So moving forward, everything should be that much easier, that much smoother, and you can you can do even more with it. Which is what I really hope happens with Deadpool too. Uh, I'm gonna keep this short. Like I think I think it is Deadpool for all of the reasons that you said, Chris. Um, I, although I think I think uh, Jay, I think you had very very good points for Civil War. I think that's a really hard storyline. It's a big storyline to pull off. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately the reason why uh, I wouldn't give it to Civil War is that just because in the comic you you are involving all of these other characters, the Fantastic Four, the X Men, and so on, that unfortunately because of movie property rights and whatnot, we're not able to see in our film adaptations of that story, at least not yet. So to me, the Deadpool one, because it centralizes on one character is a more accurate, literal translation. But I mean, again, just the fact that they pulled off civil war the way they did. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this movie in in a little bit in our next category anyway. But I would say, I would argue that the best literal translation power 2016, Goes to Deadpool. Congratulations, Yay. Deadpool. So, all right. Our last category of the evening, of the afternoon. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, is going to be, of course, best movie, best comic book movie, Poway 2016. Your nominees. Suicide Squad. Deadpool. <laughs> for the millionth time, Doctor Strange. <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. Batman vs. Superman. The title is way too long. Just kidding. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Captain America, Civil War, Star Wars. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm. Okay. Jay, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? What was your best comic book movie 2016? Best comic oh, okay. Um, out of, out of these nominees. Yeah. Uh, too many great choices. Well, some great choices. Um, <laughs> Deadpool, I mean, we were sold, like, when he said he wanted to do it, it was like, oh, yeah, fucking Ronald Reynolds, of course. And then when they showed that Comic-Con footage, well, like, years back, we're like, how come we're not making this right now? Holy shit, you know? Um, Civil War? Oh, man. I, I mean, Civil War was great. I mean, Civil War was a great film but rogue one i mean holy shit i mean that was just it, i gotta go with rogue one because for the long for the first time when they pitched it, it was like oh it's gonna be a heist movie i was expecting like 
you know, an Ocean's Eleven kind of film, but this was so different. It was actually pretty dark for a Disney film or a Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, it was, like, I mean, KTSO, I mean, he was a smart-ass droid, and that was really cool to see that, you know. But it was just so interesting. You know, there was no uh, opening scroll for the movie. There was, you know, really no romance. It was just more about, you know, the mission itself. It was I the, mean, gri- the, char- the grim and gritty. The grim and gritty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get down to I work. Mean, th- yeah. I mean, this was the real Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've seen that meme right out there, like where yeah. it's like the Rogue One people, but it's like the real Suicide Squad. What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? Where you at? Where... <laughs> Vader, you are evil. evil. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I need just, that on a shirt. Go... I need that underdog. Put it on a t-shirt. I need that on a t-shirt. Put that on everything I own. I gotta go with Rogue One. I mean, it was just it, it was dark and. But as it progressed, it, it got lighter in a sense where you it became hopeful because, like, yeah. okay, you know, they're going to win. But it just, it, I mean, it was very tragic, but, I mean, it was just, it, it was worth it, especially the ending. Holy shit. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, we said, we see the, the fight in space and everything, and we see the AT-ATs. Oh, my God. I mean... That Vader scene and then seeing Carrie Fisher, you know, and the movie, I mean, people were clapping and hollering and hootering and, you know, not hootering, Jesus Christ. They were just, you know, yeah, they were like throwing their tits at the screen. They were hootering. Nice. God damn it. <laughs> hey, man, it was maybe, that good. Hey, maybe there maybe there were some owls from Harry from Fantastic Beasts. Got you in never the know. Theater and uh, like I mean, in the heat of the moment, you know, you just lose it. But I, I, I got to go with Rogue One. I okay. mean, this was... You know, it was funny, it was dark, and it was it was a gamble because this is a first film where, you know, the prequels weren't that great and then well in my opinion, they weren't that great. I don't think you need to back off of that statement. You that, can that's, you can hold that's on to that statement yeah. as hard as you want. <laughs> uh Force Awakens was basically a remake of New Hope. Sorry, it it was very obvious it was. So this was basically the first original Star Wars film in a sense. That we've got it in a long time. Still have the Death Star. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although, to be fair, you know, people complain about the Death Star being the device in these films too often. And I get that. I definitely get that. But here's my counter argument to that. The only films in which the Death Star is not the device are the prequels. So, you know, be careful Mm. what you wish for. Well, Uh, episode one. That's what I'm saying. Well, episode one doesn't have a Death Star in it, right? Episode one, two, and three, there's no Death Star. Uh, two, they, they show the, the... I mean, they show the plans for it or whatever, but it's yeah, not Yeah, like... and then the third one, you see it. Yeah, but it's not built. It's not doing anything. I mean, it's not the... It's not the... But it's there. Well, I mean, it's there. It's, <laughs> not, it's, not the, it's not the danger, though. It's not the threat. The threat is the midichlorians. <laughs> it's the yeah. bacteria in our, in our bodies. The threat's the script. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, the threat is sand. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> I hate it. I hate the sand. Um, okay. Uh, excellent, excellent points though, uh, Dre. Chris, your 
pick for Powie 2016 worst uh, uh, sorry, best movie of the year not worst oh best man movie. this is gonna be hard because I fucking loved Rogue One and I really really loved Civil War um, Deadpool I kind of gave it the you know the last award just because I'm not gonna give it this one just because uh, these two are kind of a different class Civil War is amazing just because it was the entire buildup from phase one and two. Uh, this is it. We're seeing all these guys interact now. We can do this. We even have Spider-Man because fuck you, Sony. And um, so there's a lot of buildup for Civil War, but there's a lot of buildup for Rogue One. Uh, and like Jay said, it's kind of cementing the new franchises uh, or the new arcs for Star Wars, too. Um Christ. I wish I could split the difference, but I think I'm going to have to go Civil War. Sophie's um, choice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, why, why, do you, why do you decide that Civil War is ultimately the one that, that takes your vote? Just because the entire MCU has been kind of leading up to it. Um, and that encompasses all the TV shows. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a part in, the, in, in, in uh, Age of Ultron. They, you know... Coulson was building that helicarrier on, on the down low mm-hmm. for all season two. Um, what else? Uh, no, it's just all of these characters, they have these, they have to interact and it comes to a head and they, all their motivations are, you know, they're, they're well represented. That Narratively, it was hard to pull off. It was a harder mission to pull off than the, the filmmaking of Rogue One was. We already know the end of Rogue One. We already kind of know... Where it gets to, it doesn't mean that you can't fuck it up, and they didn't. They did it. They did it completely well. Um, they, like I said last podcast, they really wrote to the ending. They, they made everything better. Um, but I think the harder task was on Civil War shoulders. Like, how do we get these all these characters that we know and love, and how do we get them to interact in this really emotionally rot way? Um, so yeah, I had to give it a Civil War. Nice. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm in the same boat. I am in the exact same boat. I hope there's no holes in it because we're both going to drown. Rogue One and Civil War. And it's funny because Civil War came out at the beginning of the year. Obviously, Rogue One just came out. But they bookend, (laughs) you know, in a way, (laughs) in a way, they, they perfectly personify the year 2016. We came into 2016. I feel like a lot of people... And at least America came in full of 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 uh, bolster and like like I can't think of the stupid cliche like piss and vinegar, but like you know like full of of uh, bravado and like ready to take it on like 2016. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> By the end of the year, <laughs> everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> Everything is bleak. The Empire wins. The Empire wins. I I mean it's funny how those films sort of relate uh to our to our status in the world and to our and to the way our this everything is shaped uh has turned out i'm sorry i i'm so i'm just so <laughs> over overwrought with emotion here trying to figure out which film there was uh, there was a lot of great contenders it really was i mean this is like we as nerds are so spoiled right now with so much stuff Definitely. and <laughs> the fandom, the fandoms are like way too expensive. It's like nowadays it's like, Oh, I like this. Well, buckle up because you're going to blow all your money on this. This one cool, you know, interest. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. And then don't even forget, like the there's like the Harry Potter kids. Like there's there's a whole lot of other stuff too out there. Ooh. Here's the here's the thing that really I love about Rogue One. I don't feel like enough people uh, outside of that one meme really talk about this. But you know, one thing the aftermath from Suicide Squad, where a lot of people that were defending the film. We're like, well, look, it was really hard. We had to bring in all of these new characters that nobody had ever seen before. We had to put them on a mission and we had to tell this story from A to B and give them or most of them character arcs in theory and show their agency and all of that. That's a really hard thing to do. And so sorry if we didn't pull it off all the way. And they're not wrong. That is a hard thing to do. But you know who did it? Star Wars Rogue One. All yeah. new characters. Nobody fucking knows who these people are. They're all new. The characters are given agency. They have A to B to C movements. There's tons of plot lines and plot threads. It's pretty much all wrapped up by the end of the film. I mean, everyone's fucking dead. Uh, you also throw in a really amazing set piece with Vader. Um, you get some nice cameos and fan service kind of uh you know, fan appeal type uh, scenes as well. Rogue One is the movie Suicide Squad wanted to be and wasn't. Yeah. And if Suicide Squad had turned out like Rogue One, people would be championing the DC Comics movie universe and really, really yeah. be like, you know, uh, just uh, foaming at the mouth, like for, for, for more. You know, they'd be rabid for more content. But we don't have that. We have a lot mm. of people just, if anything, they're trying to explain why the film isn't is not as bad as people say it is, and that's not a good thing for DC. So I hope I hope in twenty seventeen that changes. That being said, Civil War was a fanboy fangirl's dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the work, just like Chris said, from the television show. To the to Iron Man number one back in two thousand and eight, so much work has been put in to get us to this moment in Captain America: Civil War. It is outstanding. It's astonishing what they have accomplished. You throw in like new characters like Black Panther, who is awesome, just awesome new character. Old, familiar characters, but in a new way, in a new iteration, Spider-Man. And they just nailed it. Like, they just nailed everything. And it's such an enjoyable film. It's a film you can watch from start to finish. It's a film that you can just watch for the airport scene if you want. But it's so good. It's so consistently excellent. Uh, I think a lot of people argue that this that it might be the best comic book movie of all time. I'm I'm not saying that necessarily, but it's definitely in the conversation. Uh, you also get Giant Man. Fuck, I totally forgot about Giant Man. I mean, that's <laughs> Paul Rudd is ruddiest. So ultimately, my vote my vote goes to Civil War, just because it 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 has. There were so many ways that it could go wrong that it could have fallen off the tracks. And it just never does. It never did. And it's it's pretty crazy that they were able to accomplish that. Um, so, yeah, Powie 2016, best comic book movie of the year. Wah, wah, wah. Powies. <laughs> Goes to Captain America Civil War. But 
don't get me wrong. Star Wars Rogue One, for completely different reasons, is every bit as deserving of that award. And the, like you said, Jay, the one thing that it did was it said, you know what? You can do an offshoot spinoff Star Wars stories. You can do other things. It doesn't have to be all Skywalker stuff. It doesn't have to be that yeah. story. It can be other things. And what that means for the future is like the, you know, the sky's the limit uh, for for Star Wars as a franchise. And that, that for all of us fans, like you said, Jay, we are spoiled. We're about to be more spoiled. 2017 is looking fantastic. Uh, and with that, I will I will lead us uh, I will le- I will lead off by asking you all, Chris. I'll ask you first. Mm-hmm. For 2017, what would you like to see uh, in terms of like the comic book, comic book characters, comic book movie universe, like in mm. that sort of realm? What is the one thing you want to see next year? Whether it's a film that's coming out or a new, perhaps a comic book that doesn't exist with a character that you would like to see, like, you know, Blue Beetle mm. or something. could be anything. <laughs> I want the question to have his own Netflix run. Uh, no. Uh, that would uh, be awesome. That, that, be that awesome. actually would be awesome. That would be awesome. But, uh, I'm all bored with that. Yeah. <laughs> but my throwaway thought, yeah, that, that would be cool. I think I already, uh, no, you know what? Fuck it. The question, he was amazing on Justice League Unlimited. Um, oh, yeah. If they could bring him back and actually give him his own little run, that'd be great. Uh, either comic book or or Netflix, something like that. Because I think I already, I'm, I'm already spoiled in this next coming year. I'm, I think we're already getting the Runaway series. Yeah. Um, and that was my big thing. You know, I, I love that property. Uh, I, God, please don't fuck it up. It's so good. I just want, I, I wish that the people who are writing it have watched like a lot of Buffy, have watched like a lot of other kind of teenage shows that really deal with the whole um, powers metaphor as, you know, metaphor for teenagehood. Right. That whole uh, puberty transition and all life. that yeah. transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hope they do that series justice because um, it needs to come out from the shadows of, you know, it needs to come off the bench. I think that property is really, really strong. So, um, yeah, anything, anything like that, anything BKB related. Nice. Nice. Well, I, and we know runaways is coming and it's funny. Like you, like that fear that you have, that is literally the fear that I have anytime Spider-Man, any Spider-Man related thing is going to come out or I hear about something. I'm just like, ah, uh, please, please don't hurt him. Like, don't be terrible. <laughs> and then like stuff like Spider-Man three comes out and I see the trailer and I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I see it 1000 times in the theater. And then the movie and I see it. And I'm like, Oh no, why are you doing this? Why would so you, good. Why would you, <laughs> uh, why would you do this to, to not like this thing? I love. Yeah. Not like this. Uh, Matrix, we should, we should so. have just watched Spider-Man three on the sun. Cause that's how, that's pretty much how we got there. So when that movie came out, oh man, just all right, Jay. Your so your wish for 2017. What would you like to see out there? Like movies or TV no, I mean, shows? Just or... anything, anything that either is gonna actually come out or something that you just wish would exist. Uh, we're gonna get just as like dark, and that's gonna be interesting in its own realm because I think that's going to be a big gamble because that is so out there. And I just hope they don't do like a guardians. like try to have its own soundtrack. Just make a good movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like don't try to copy other movies. Just make your own, just be different. Um, do you, do you, let me ask Sorry. you a quick question in relation to that. Do you, are you worried that they're going to try to steal stuff from Dr. Strange? Cause that's kind of, even though it's not exactly the same thing, do you feel like they might try to crib notes, kind of like off of guardians with suicide 
They, they might. They, they might. I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, Marvel and DC kind of have a tendency to do that to one each other, to each other in comic form, but yeah, could be possible. Um, as far as what I want to see, I would, I mean, I, I just hope that the other films of the DC universe are great because I think Aquaman is going to be like their Thor mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think Wonder Woman is going to be, I just hope Wonder Woman does so good because it, it's like, it, it's basically like Captain America for women in a sense. And it's going to be so interesting to see this kind of just different character in your own movie finally. Uh, but as far as what I want to see, um, I just, oh man, I think I've discussed this before, but I would like to see like, I would like to see different DC cartoons that are not about Batman or the Justice League. I want to see just different characters getting a short movie. Okay. Like, do you mean like an anthology series or? Oh, no, no, no. Like, like, um. Just like a different cartoon, like maybe like adapt some of the work of Green Arrow from Kevin Smith, or um, you know. Uh, okay, do you, so so you mean like kind of like the way they did with um, the Killing Joke, like where they make these animated adaptations of the storylines from the comics? Yeah. Okay. Like different DC cartoons are not about Batman or the Justice League okay. or Superman. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I know that there's. There's one particular storyline. I think it's within the larger storyline, but there's one that involves Booster Gold. Yeah. And where there's somebody that's murdering people that can time jump and stuff, and it's kind mm. of like a whodunit. It's it's from the early 2000s, but I remember reading that and thinking, like, wow, this is the best Booster Gold story. I mean, granted, I'd maybe read two other Booster Gold stories at any point, but, like, it was the best Booster Gold story I'd ever read. It was actually really engrossing. So, yeah, that would be oh. really cool. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with uh, Why the Last Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I would so. love to see some movement on that. You know, actually, one thing we didn't I didn't list in anything, and I meant to put it on uh, Best and Worst TV Show, was Preacher. Uh, that was mm. just my, my error there for, for omitting it. Uh, Preacher was actually really good. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. It's just... It's such a unique type of show that it, I, I don't know if it's going to ever have the audience that it needs, um, you know. But yeah, I still I love the cast in that show, and I really think they do a good job. I think they they straddle that line of you know staying true to the source material, but also kind of adapting it for television because it's it's not the same thing. It is a different medium. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to talk about Preacher for a second, I guess. Um, so for me, uh, I am getting the thing that I want, which is. The the Peter Parker from Civil War, which is the best Peter Parker I've ever seen, in his own movie in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I cannot begin to describe my elation for that property and the fact that that movie is coming out next year. And uh, I'm going to see it way too many times and my friends are going to question my sanity <laughs> and, I, and that's okay. Uh, really, oh, really, I... yeah. Um, real quick, I think Disney needs to pick up Fantastic Four. I really do. I mean, if you read Ultimate Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. that itself is, you know, a great story for a movie. I mean, it felt like reading a movie, like reading, you know, seeing a movie mm-hmm. in the comic books. They really need to. I mean, the we've had too many flops 
And I think Disney can really give it a huge boost. I agree. I completely agree. And well, there's actually some other things I wanted to say about Fantastic Four, but it's a, it's sort of spoilery. If well, I'll just say it, like I think you know, people say like there isn't any other good villain so far other than Loki. But if you follow the story of Ultimate Fantastic Four, there is a villain there that's not Doctor Doom that would be pretty amazing if they decided to go that route in the MCU. That, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, but as I was saying, so Spider-Man, of course, I mean, I know, of course, I'm going to pick that. And that's what I say. But but that is that is ultimately what I am very happy and excited to see. I'm glad it's going to be made. I'm also very curious about that Runaways. I think it has a lot of potential. Definitely the source material is fantastic. And yeah, I think... Oh, here we go. But here's my like wish-wish because Spider-Man is a thing that already exists. I would love to see either Spider-Gwen or Miles Morales Spider-Man pop up somewhere in the MCU somehow. Hmm. I would lose my shit if that happens. Uh, I don't know how they would do it, but... However they could do it, and it makes sense, I would just be over the moon. Um, okay, well, I think that, that caps us off. Uh, any any final words to the CBC listeners out there? Of course, we're wishing everybody a happy and safe new year. Uh, Chris, final thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, man, it's just like... It- I keep going back to your point. Like we're so spoiled right now. It's so great that we get of all these properties and things to be kind of like, uh, to take our mind away from the dull Christian reality of everyday life. Uh, so no, that's, it's great. I think it's so great that we have, we have such a wealth of things to pick from that we're assholes about it. And we put them on a category, like on an award show. <laughs> we we're, like, awards? we're like, this you is the, the worst one. This is the best one out of the 20 different things we get to watch and, and experience. We're such assholes. Uh, Jay, uh, any final thoughts? Um, just, I mean, if anyone wants to get into comics, now's the best time. Or anytime is actually the best time. Just, just read anything. Just read anything, everything, old stuff, new stuff, uh, digital, uh, trade at your library, friends. Just well, let me read. let me ask you this. Since you said mm. that, and I really completely one hundred percent agree. Throw yeah. something out there, just one title, one comic, or one like comic storyline that people should read. That you think like this is one thing you should have read in your lifetime. Mm. That's one recommendation. It doesn't have to be the best thing or anything. It's just something that you think is enjoyable that you think people would enjoy. I will say this, and you know, I, I've written scripts, and you know, I've tried to make movies. The one comic book that I could see myself doing, either as a TV show or a movie, that I think has a lot of potential, and they should really check out, uh, because just because it was supposed to be this was um, Mark Wade's. Um, incorruptible. Oh yeah, and it's it's basically like if people if you were disappointed with Batman versus Superman, just read Irredeemable and Incorruptible because that's the closest thing you're gonna get to seeing a really interesting Batman versus Superman storyline, and it's so unique. And it actually was uh, Irredeemable was supposed to be a Superman story, but mm-hmm. DC said no, this is way too dark. And he said, all right, <laughs> yeah. fuck it, I'll yeah. just do my own book. And it's yeah. really great. It's a short. I think it's about thirty-six issues total for both of the, 
the series. But mm-hmm. if you get a chance, it it's it's so fucking good and mm. it has so much potential to be a TV series or a movie. More so a TV series, but Yeah, I completely agree. I, I've read both of those and you are Johnny on the spot or whatever. Like that's that's totally I hundred percent endorse that recommendation. Um Okay, and so, and I, you know, I just wish everyone a happy new year, a safe one. Um, as always, I just want everything to be good. Warner Brothers, please, please make good films. Uh, you know, I know it's not life or death or anything, but it's hard for me to not sound like a Marvel fanboy when <laughs> when you guys keep dropping the ball. And uh, I can only take so much oppressive internet hate, so... Um, <laughs> I really think Wonder Woman's going to be great. I have high hopes. I hope it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, just everybody have a happy holiday season and happy new year to, to one and all. Thank you so much listeners, by the way, for listening and commenting, uh, liking us on Facebook, interacting on Facebook. Don't forget we're on iTunes, subscribe and like and leave reviews and all that stuff. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you in 2017. Till then, the fortress of potitude is closed. <laughs> Stay super, everybody. Take care. Stay black. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>